Make sure you remember to check out our Sunday School video. You can find a link to it in the description of this video. This week, it covers Genesis chapters 6 through 9 and the story of Noah building the ark. My God is alive. My God is alive. My God is creator and he is alive. My God is alive. My God is alive. My God is creator and he is alive. He made all the heavens and earth, yes it's true. He showed all his glory so there's no excuse. So worship, adore him and baptize his name. So let all the ages his greatness proclaim. My God is alive. My God is alive. My God is alive. The Christ is alive. The Christ is alive. The Christ is our Savior and he is alive. The Christ is alive. The Christ is alive. The Christ is our Savior and he is alive. He rose from the bondage and gloom of the grave. Exalted on high for the life that he gave. So glory and honor and praise is his name. So chaos of kingdoms his sonship proclaim. The Christ is alive. The Christ is alive. The Christ is alive. God's word is alive. God's word is alive. God's word is the Bible and it is alive. God's word is alive. God's word is alive. God's word is the Bible and it is alive. The Spirit inspired the great men of God who penned all the message while here on this song. It sharpens and swords and it bears the same. Its power is failing, its worth we proclaim. God's word is alive, God's word is alive, God's word is alive.
statement that we're looking at in this video is where Jesus says in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, I mean, obviously this is like one of the biggest things and the, the, the most important thing that we really rely upon Jesus Christ for um, him being the one that he raised up from the dead and he gives us hope of being able to raise it from the dead ourselves. And he gives us that hope of having life. But now I think it's so important that we understand when he makes the statement, I am the resurrection and the life. Notice the surrounding verses about what's going on. This comes to us in John chapter 11. And here in John 11, Jesus has just received news that his friend Lazarus, pretty much it's news that his friend Lazarus had died. I mean, if you want to kind of say it, Lazarus is on his deathbed. You might kind of look at it like that. But Jesus knows he is going to die. And at this point, uh, there, there's not really anything that Jesus is going to do about it just yet. But Jesus his view, he does have something planned, and he is going to, to show this family, and, and he does care very deeply for Lazarus and Lazarus's sisters as well, but he's going to show this family and others that he is the resurrection and the life, and he's going to teach them exactly really what that means. So let's take a look at it together. John chapter 11, verses 17 through 24. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb Four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Uh, let's pause right here. This is actually just right before Jesus responds and says, I am the resurrection and life. A little bit of a spoiler alert. You probably already knew that. But here in this passage, what we see is this, this conversation. You know, and looking at it kind of from Martha's perspective, you know, sometimes we think that we know what's going on. Sometimes we think that we, we know what's going on in our in our own lives. And sometimes even we think we know what's going on in the life of somebody else. You know, like like Martha right here, we have our own viewpoint that, that we're coming from. You know, she says to Jesus, which, I mean, you know, obviously they had to be really close. And, you know, we, we need to recognize this passage, it's a very emotional passage. 
because, I mean, Lazarus, Martha's brother, uh, has just died. I mean, this is a big deal. This is, uh, she's grieving this loss. And she says to Jesus here, um, she says in verse 21, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I mean, is that really true? I mean, you know, she, she believes that to be true. She says that that's true. And sometimes people say things that is a little hurtful whenever they're, they're grieving and they don't always understand what's, what's going on. And, and uh, you know, some of that is because they're, they're limited on to what exactly is just happening right in their midst. But, you know, sometimes we, we do that anyways. You know, we come to life from our own viewpoint. But what we see in Jesus is that Jesus's view is much bigger. You know, she recognizes, yes, he is going to rise up again. You know, Lazarus, he is going to rise up from the dead. We know that whenever we lose a loved one, that they're going to rise again. But Jesus is trying to teach them something even more than that. He's going to teach them something more than that. So throughout this chapter, we're going to look especially at three things uh, that Jesus says that is important, I believe, for us to, to gain from this chapter and to learn. The first one is, of course, this statement where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I mean, that is that is so foundational to everything that we're going to be looking at uh, in this video. But yes, he says that he is the resurrection and the life. But you know, that's actually not all that he says with that, because he kind of starts to explain that a little bit more. Let's look at it together. Verses 25 through 27. This is right after Martha has just said, I know that my brother will rise again at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who has come into the world. Now, there's so much going on right here. This is you know, such a wonderful statement uh, of faith that we see uh, Martha explain. But then also, I believe there's just so much that we can learn about what's going on. I mean, let's look at these statements. Okay, obviously Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Okay, it's not just that he is going to be raised and that he's going to have life. And it's not even just that he gives life to other people. No, he is the resurrection. He is the life. Not just his own resurrection, not just his own life, but he is also our resurrection. He's our life. He is the one through which we're able to raise it from the dead. He is the one through which we are able to have life. And he kind of explains that in, in one of these very, I guess you might say, a little bit of a confusing way that Jesus oftentimes teaches. In verses 25 and 26, he says, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. At first, that doesn't seem to make sense, does it? I mean, think about it. Okay, so he says, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. I don't know if you think about this, but you know me, whenever I see a statement like that, I'm like, Okay, well, if they die, they're going to die. I mean, how are they going to live even if they, they die? Of course, you know, I come from it and I, I recognize in uh, following Jesus Christ, things work a little different. But, you know, if, if I hadn't known those things about Jesus, and if I don't come to this statement knowing those things about Jesus, it can be a little confusing. And then in verse 26, so he not only says, look, if you believe in me, you'll live even if you die. But then he goes on and he says, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Okay, so now it's like, it's this weird thing that he's saying, but the important thing to understand is that if we are following Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life, then we are going to live even if we do die. But then also, if we live our lives in such a way that we can believe in Jesus, 
then we're never going to die. I guess you might say, you know, we're never going to truly die. And then he makes this statement. Actually, he asks a question. He says, do you believe this? And her response is wonderful. She says, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. Now, you know, I think that this is a, a, a very um, good way to confess who Jesus Christ is. You know, uh, it's kind of our tradition that before we baptize somebody, usually we even do that as we're standing in the water. You know, we, we ask them for a confession about who Jesus is. You know, it's, that's not the time that we confess our sins. That's the time that we confess who Jesus is. And what we're about to do, you know, what we're about to do in that baptism is kind of go through that, that death, that burial, and the resurrection that Jesus Christ did. So we're going to be going through that whenever we are baptized. And right before we're baptized, we confess who Jesus is. I believe this is a wonderful place to look at this, this confession. And, and I believe that it would be very fitting for us whenever we, uh, we you know, ask that statement of confession there before we baptize somebody. You know, do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the son of God who's come into the world? Because that's what that's what Martha explained. She says that she does believe he's the Messiah. She does believe he's the son of God. He is the one who's come into the world to change all these things. He is the resurrection and the life. And he's going to teach them something wonderful. He is the Messiah. He's the son of God. He's all of these things together. Now, this is how Martha responds. But after this, what we see is we see that that Martha's sister, Mary, she also has her own viewpoint of what's going on. And in fact, in many ways, it's kind of similar to Martha. So let's look at that together. Verses 28 through 32. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still there at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verses 33 through 37 now. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? I mean, all these things are very important. We see that, that Mary's her reaction is very similar to Martha. You know, what she says is, you know, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother wouldn't have died. You know, she's just wondering, why was why was Jesus not there whenever they needed him? You know, they, they needed him. They were really close to him. Obviously, in this passage, I think that we see that, you know, they are a really close family. But why was he not there when they needed him? Sometimes we think that, too. You know, sometimes we're going through a very difficult time, and we might ask ourselves or even ask God, you know, God, why didn't you do this? thing over here that we thought that you should have done. But you know, so much of the time what that comes from is, is just, once again, kind of our limited viewpoint. We don't really see what God is doing and, and maybe even why God is doing the things that he, that he does. Here in this passage, without a doubt, Jesus loved this family. And see, many people who are watching, 
They didn't understand what Jesus was doing. Once again, Jesus's view was bigger than theirs. We see that he loves uh, this family. We see also that he he understands what we're going through and he even feels some of these same things that we're going through. John 11 verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, but yet it is so powerful. And it just simply says that Jesus wept. He loved Lazarus. But these people here in verse 37, they ask this question, and it's a good one, because they've seen him open the eyes of a blind man. So if he can do that, why couldn't he keep this man from dying? Why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? Once again, Jesus's view, it's a much bigger one. and He's got more in store for, for us, more than what we can really even think about. There's still more to go. The second statement after we see that Jesus says that I'm the resurrection and the life, he also makes another one that I think is, is very important to this story. And that is, he says, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Now, what does that really mean? Well, we're about to find out in this passage. Verses 38 through 40. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? They had to be wondering at this point, and you probably already know what's, what's going to happen, but you know they had to be wondering at this point, what is he talking about? What does he have planned? You know, he asked to take away the stone. I mean, doesn't he realize that Lazarus, he's been dead for a while. And what Martha is kind of trying to explain to him is, uh, you know, Lazarus is his body. There's, there's this bad odor now. He's been there for a few days. But Jesus has more. He sees a bigger picture. And he says that statement once again. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. What is it like to see the glory of God? When you look throughout the Old Testament, and you see several times that the glory of God shows up. You find out that, that uh, the glory of God, yes, it does appear in the Garden of Eden whenever Adam and Eve were able to walk and talk with, with God. That glory also appears whenever they built the tabernacle, the place where God was going to come and be among his people. But that glory, whenever it filled the tabernacle, they, they couldn't exactly enter into it at, at first. And, you know, the same thing happened whenever they, they built the temple, that God's glory went to that temple. And we see God's glory in the book of Revelation. I mean, you know, it's by the same author, you know, John himself. He sees in this vision of what the future glory of God is going to be like. And I guess some of that was also the present glory of God. But Jesus is saying, if you believe, you will see God's glory. You will see the glory of God. Do you want to see the glory of God? I mean, think about that. Do you really want to see the glory of God? When you open up the Bible, you see the glory of God. Whenever you look out into the world, yes, there, there's a lot of, uh, of messed up things in the world. There's a lot of things that aren't right. But you can still see God's glory out in the world throughout his creation, what he's done. And you can see that because he has created this entire universe, he is so much bigger and better than we could, you know, think, than we could imagine. Even God is, is bigger than that, better than that. His glory fills the entire universe. If we believe, we can see the glory of God. And there's a third phrase I want us to see. It's another one that Jesus says, and he says, 
he's giving a, a reason for what he was doing. He says, that they may believe that you sent me. Let's look at that within its context. Verses 41 through 45 now. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. So now here in this passage, we see this, this final statement that we're looking at, and, and that is that they may believe that you sent me. You know, that's one of the purposes for what Jesus was doing, so that they may believe. Whenever you look at this, you see this passage and you see the, this verse that describes that Jesus, he cares so much about us. In verse 42, he said these things for the benefit of the people that were standing there. That's what he says. He says, for the benefit of the people, not for his own benefit. He already knows that the Father hears him. He already knows that he's got this wonderful connection to the Father. He doesn't need those things, but he says these things for the benefit of the people. Sometimes what Jesus did, he did it to benefit us. And what was the purpose of this benefit here? This benefit was so that they may believe that Jesus was sent by the Father. Jesus cares about us. Jesus cares very deeply about us. And he does things to show us how much he cares about us. Jesus, he, he does things to benefit us so that we might believe that he has been sent by God, so that we might believe that he is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God, and also so that we might see the glory of God and that we might recognize that Christ is the resurrection and the life, not just his own resurrection and not just his own life, but also ours as well. And remember that if we live, I'm sorry, that we will live even if we do die. And also if we live by faith, then we will never truly die. Do you believe this? See, if this is something that you do believe, then it's going to, to change the way and it's going to impact the way that you live your life. Let's live our lives in such a way that people know that we believe this and that they can know and they can believe this as well. Ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready for the judgment day when the bridegroom comes will I be there to meet him in the air and will my lamp be burning bright will my lord find me prepared yes I'll be ready lord ready lord I want to be ready lord ready lord I want to be ready lord ready lord I want to be ready for the judgment day if the master comes today will I be Ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to 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 be ready, Lord, ready
ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. If the Lord should choose delay, will I be true until that day? And will my oil be plenty then? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day.